life, sex, goals, and oh, hell knows, this is Midlife Craving. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, (laughs) May, June, and Mr. Fucking July. Before we get into this, I want to say I'm balancing a fine line here. One thing I want to remind everyone of is that this show, I know it's entertaining, it's fun, wild, (laughs) uh, absolutely sexy, but it's important to remember this is my life, my actual fucking life. I know I have many characters and I name them fun and cute names, but these are real people and I love to share and I always tell the truth, but I am very mindful of the impacts. I get a fuck ton of hate and shame for this show. It's funny because this weekend at the beach, someone screamed at me, fuck your podcast. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, I could take it. But the show, it isn't just all about me. So I'm going to try to explain a recent situation in my life with my truth. It is my truth, my experience. However, you may feel like some of the details are left out. And that's because... When shit goes wrong, like, I still have the utmost respect for people in and out of my life. And I would never want to fuck with someone's life, their situation, circumstances, never. Uh, That's not me. That's not what I'm about here. You know, I started my show with the intent to bravely share my journey, to reach out to just one person in this midlife phase, to let them know they're not alone. Because this phase of life is fucking wild. And, you know, when I started it, I felt pretty fucking alone in December 2020. I had no idea I would reach so many listeners or have such an impact. And for that, I am grateful. The situation with Mr. July, it's going to weigh heavy on me for a while. But the lessons and growth that I have gotten from it have been life-changing for me. And I feel it would be a disservice not to share it with you guys so you can learn from my mistakes. (laughs) So that you can possibly feel empowered or motivated to be the very best person you could be, to make the difficult and uncomfortable decisions to live your best, authentic, and happy life. So here it goes. I introduced Mr. July way in the beginning of this show, episode two. He was my very best sex ever. (laughs) I have mentioned him in countless stories throughout episodes or times that he and I have shared. Uh, The one thing that I did leave out was that he was still floating around in my life. Again, this is, you know, high level cliff note shit. Okay. (laughs) But our relationship was founded upon pure passion and complete chaos. So much shit went down, (laughs) but in short, Last spring, we reconnected. He told me that he and his wife had split. He had moved out. And shit, like we we just started seeing each other again. That man is my motherfucking kryptonite. And it's really fucking hard for me to say no to him. We saw each other for not even a few weeks. And it turned out his wife wasn't out of the picture. And by the way, he knew that I would never see him again if I had known that she wasn't. I feel like he lied to me by omission. And I told him that. Uh, A whole lot of shit went down, but she caught us again. Yes, a motherfucking second time. I was so distraught. (laughs) I couldn't function. Um, I was so angry. I had worked so fucking hard to get out of the drama, the chaos, get the shitstorm out of my life. 
I was breaking cycles. I talk a lot about those on my show and really worked hard to clean up my side of the streets. And there I was again, the other fucking woman. And this time, like, it hurt worse because I didn't even know it. And that fucking sucked. I'm going to be honest. uh, Mr. July is the reason for my 60-day no-D diet. I spent the summer in bliss, to be honest, having so much fun with Baywatch, traveling, getting stuck in the Bahamas, (laughs) finding myself, strengthening my friendships. I did intense therapy. Uh, Shit, this show has been therapy for me. And I surrounded myself with OQP those only quality people. And by fall, I was 40, free, and fucking thriving, as I love to say. (laughs) Mr. July had frequently been in the back of my mind throughout all this time. He was. He kind of just never went away, if I'm being honest with myself here. I don't fucking know why. And I tried really hard to purge him. I did. I really fucking did. Even at the lifestyle party, he was the first person I thought of. I remember walking in and thinking, damn, I wish he was here for this. He would love it. I think it was that what if factor. I had also, God, if you've been in this situation before, I had fantasized and romanticized about him so much in my head. There's actually a term for that. It's called limerence. I'm actually, I'm going to put the definition here. Limerence is a state of infatuation or obsession with another person that involves an all-consuming passion and intrusive thoughts. That was it, our entire affair, a state of limerence. All of that nonsense also produces the most addicting chemicals your brain can get. And I was hooked on them, of course, and I was absolutely, positively digmatized by him. All of that aside, from October to now, I can honestly say this is the happiest I've ever been in any phase of my life. You know, in 40 fucking years, I have healed grown and worked so goddamn hard on myself. I mean, I feel like you can hear it in my shows. Life is fucking good. A few weeks ago, I got a message from him and God, it's like, it's like they know, like they fucking know, like, do they have ESPN or something? Like what? Uh, And I'm going to be extremely vulnerable here and say that I truly think that, you know, he saw me thriving. He knew I was on the cusp of getting everything I wanted in life. I feel like he was scared to maybe lose a chance or something. Who knows what? I can't speak for him. Um, But I just, I feel that's what it was. And so he came blazing back into my life. It took some convincing. And I pretty much was like, listen, what do you want? You know, um, what, what are you messaging me for? What are we doing here? But he made me feel comfortable enough to meet up with him. And I I was funny. I was like, you want to go like get a church pew somewhere? (laughs) Because I told him, I was like, you know, no sex, nothing crazy. Like our first meeting was going to be strictly for talking. I mean, we had not even discussed what had happened a year ago. So I met up with him and that's what we did. We talked about everything. I truly felt like for the first time we laid it all out with each other. I told him point blank, looked him dead in the eyes and said, I don't trust you. And that it was going to take me some time. And I believed that he understood that. And I also made it motherfucking crystal clear. I wanted no hiding, no secrets, no behind closed doors. I am not a fucking side piece. I'm the motherfucking main course. Like I, I cannot tell you how clear I made that. Not going to go into every detail, but we started seeing each other, right? He came out, he even, you know, met all of my friends. And of course, we're having that like mind blowing sex. Oh, God. 
And I felt, I really did feel like we were communicating clearly. I remember sending, sending him a message and I was like, it's so nice the way we can communicate with each other. I told him when I was nervous and he told me when he was feeling anxious, like we talked that shit out. I told him, I knew we had a lot of risk and a long road ahead. He kept saying to me, I want to do this right. I remember that well. Like, and looking back, I almost feel like he was trying to convince himself of that. Over one weekend, I noticed his energy had changed. My gut and vibe check, oh my God, it was it was so off. He was distant and our communication had changed. I knew, I fucking knew deep down, he was still playing house with his wife. There's so much more to all of this, but we had plans to hang out. And on the day of, I was like physically ill. I felt terrible and I could not get myself together. It's so embarrassing. And you know what? Fuck that. It's This is real. I was actually like at my desk almost in tears because I wanted to cancel with him. Like the vibe, I just, I knew. I remember I texted Katina and Uncle Mo and I was saying things like, nothing says a hot date like a few tears before, <laughs> you know? I mean, I knew what I had to do. I knew this wasn't going to work. I remember Uncle Mo texted me and he said, go look at yourself in the mirror. I couldn't fucking do it. I remember I was driving home and I tried to pull my mirror down. I couldn't look at myself. I couldn't even do that. And I had to drive home with all the windows down because it like distracted me from thinking about things. And I had the music blasting just so I wouldn't like shed a few tears. I mean, that this is ridiculous. And Jesus Christ, I sound fucking insane. Ugh. But I was so close to canceling. And I thought, if I don't do this, I'm going to forever what if, and this will just never end. I went home. I took a shot of Fireball. And I got my shit together. He pulled up like an hour later and I immediately felt better with him. We had a few drinks and honestly, like I had a nice time as usual, you know, um, man, this was hard as the night was coming to an end. I had that impending doom feeling again. Frankly, I don't really remember much other than we kept going back and forth on like, what are we doing? How I felt like he wasn't healed and he wasn't ready and I couldn't do this anymore. One thing I do remember being so upset about is that I didn't fucking drive. I always drive. Like, it's me and Marcus. Like, we are always rolling together. And, oh, God, like, he had to drive me home. That car ride was so rough. And to be real honest, I feel like I, like, blacked out most of it in my mind. I do remember saying loudly, I need a fucking beer. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, how we could have had it all. Um, But fuck, you know, it's just not going to happen. I remember him saying to me how special I was to him. And I yelled back at him and I said, "If, if I were, like, if I was your person, if I were so fucking special to you, if I was the one that, like, you wanted in your life, you would never make me feel this way. And I know that in my soul. No man who truly cared for me would ever make me feel that way. Fucking ever. My intuition, gut check, and energy was right all along, and I wanted the fuck out of that car. Something that will probably haunt me forever is that I didn't even look at him. I didn't even say goodbye. I remember we pulled up in front of my house, and I was clawing at the door to unlock it to get out as fast as I could. I remember slamming the car door so hard, I thought I broke the glass. I also want to play something for you because my camera caught me uh, in the very realness of that moment. I was rushing into the house and thinking, 
oh my God, Adrian, hurry up. Just like get inside as fast as you can so that when he turns around in the court, you're already inside. This is me as I'm like racing to the door. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stomping, uh, trying to desperately find my key, slamming up the door. Um, yeah, it was rough. I feel so uncomfortable right now. Like, I'm really putting myself all out there. But if my experience can help one person who is stuck, one person who is questioning, someone who knows they deserve more to move on and finally have it all then all of the sharing was worth it. <laughs> I went into the house and I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of stunned. Um, you know, this motherfucker did it to me again and I allowed it. Uh, I know that's not all of the truth, but it, I was just so fucking mad at myself. Like, how could you let him back in? How? <laughs> you know, but I had to see it through. I just had to. Like, I would have what ifed myself about him forever. I sent him a text message that read, I am begging you from the bottom of my heart, leave me alone. Let me go. Do not text me, call me, write me, leave me letters in my mailbox, pigeon mail, bat signal, shoe express. I was a little manic here. (laughs) Uh, I don't give a fuck. Leave me alone. RIP to me and your life forever. I immediately blocked him everywhere. I think I blocked him on apps he doesn't even have. Uh, I meant it when I said RIP. I am so fucking proud of myself for being strong enough to do that. And most importantly, to stay true to my boundaries, my core values, and hold myself fucking accountable for all of them. As bad as it hurt, I know I deserve more. My standards are higher. I know my worth. And I'm a badass bitch, okay? Like, I am. I looked in that fucking mirror and I remembered who the fuck I was. And that, my friends, is fucking growth. Let's bring Uncle Mo in because he was here for the rest. Uncle Mo, welcome back. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? Why are you looking at me like that, Napoleon? Why do I keep coming back? (laughs) Because we keep going through shit? I mean, you see me through some motherfucking shit in this past year. I sure did. I know. So let's let look. You weren't here for the intro. Okay. Let's go back to that night. I I was I already shared how like I didn't want to go. I was texting you and you were like, look in the mirror. I couldn't look in the mirror. I texted you. I was like, it's done. It's over. Like I'm I'm and you were like, come out. Right? I think. I'll be honest with you. I was a little bit um I was fucked up, you right? Upset. I was Rightfully upset. So. Yeah, Rightfully I was upset, so. right? Mm-hmm. And so you were like, "Just come meet me." And you were like, "Your girl's here." I mean, we're not going to name her name, but like, you were like, "She's here. She's upset." And I was like, "Christ!" And so, yeah, let's talk about what happened. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> if I ever wanted to feel like Doctor Phil, <laughs> is to have two women. I know. Crying at the same time. It wasn't like I was crying, crying. I wasn't crying the whole time. I was just like fucking pissed. You were upset. I was upset. Like yeah. I was not happy. Um, 
and it fucking hurt. Like, I, it was funny because you were like, oh my God, Adrian. <laughs> like, yeah, I've never I, seen you've never you like seen that. me like that. I've never I know. seen you like that. Mm-hmm. No, it Thank was... you for the hugs. Thanks yeah. for the love. Appreciate yeah. that. And it was so cute. Like, the bartender was like, everything's on me. Everything's <laughs> on me. She was like, Adrian, don't worry about it. And I was just like, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> what a fucking mess. It's all right. I mean, you, I had to get it out, man. You were upset. Yeah. You were rightfully. Upset, yeah, and it showed. And you know, I, I'm happy to have a friend that shows emotions. Yeah, I usually don't. And to be honest with you, it was a struggle. It was like I was mad at him, but also mad at myself. You know, because yeah. I knew, I yeah. know. So it was funny. Okay, so imagine Uncle Mo's there. You're like hug, giving me good, great, good bear hugs. Like I really appreciate that. I needed that so bad. And then my girl's crying, and. <laughs> And then we put Lizzo on and she's like standing on chairs and dancing and singing. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? By the way, it's a school night. Like it's yeah, like a oh fucking yeah. Monday night. It's a Monday night. It's a Monday night. It's a Monday night. <laughs> it's not a school night. It's the first school night. <laughs> We're going up on a Monday. Uh, and then next thing I knew, like there was two other guys there and they were like, do you guys want to go back for a bonfire? And I was like, that's a great <laughs> idea. Like what the fuck, Adrian? I had a hat on. Like, my makeup was completely gone from crying. Like, I couldn't even... I look like Puff Daddy, Biggie Smalls, Junior Mafia, represent... My fucking eyes were so swollen shut because, like, I haven't cried in forever. And they were like, yeah. And so next thing I know, like, this guy's getting in my car and we go to their house. And then I'm, like, in a basement oh, looking in a refrigerator. Great decisions. Yeah. Great decisions. It was perfect decision yeah. making. And it's like fucking midnight and I'm like getting Bud Lights out of the refrigerator. And then I was like freezing and he like gives me a sweatshirt and then I'm sitting by this fire. (laughs) She came over, like sat in a chair, the chair fell over. I'm like, (laughs) it's time to go. Yeah, well, it's probably like Tuesday at 1.30 in the morning. Yes, it was. It's definitely time to go. I was like, hey, listen, like I'm sitting here in some other guy's sweatshirt. Super nice guys, by the way. That's, yeah. Yeah, I know. Good fucking guys. Yes. And they're just like, he's like, Adrian. Fuck that. Like he was like cheering, drinking. We were having we were having a good time, but I was just like, I gotta be at work tomorrow morning. Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah, you like take care of yourself. Fuck yeah. It was it was way too much. I didn't like seeing you like that. I know. That sucks. That was very rare to see. I never get like that. I know it's rare. I know it's yeah. rare. That's why I'm okay with it. Uh but you know, I mean, it's good to know you have a heart. It's good to know that you care. Well, <laughs> I mean I I was Am I like around a tin man? I was around for this whole situation, and I, uh, I never wanted to intervene. I never wanted to like say I told you so or anything like that. I know. I just wanted to be supportive and uh, help. You know, just be a lending ear. So I, I told know. you so. No. <laughs> I saved I you for today know. to tell you. I know. Um, well, I knew before yeah. we went out that night, I text you. I remember I said to you, I was like, nothing says a hot date, like tears. Like I didn't want to go because yeah. I knew, like, I was like, I can't fucking do this. He's well, not you... healed. He is the like, he is not, this is not different. It's the same old shit. I don't want to do this. I, I, I think the perspective should be changed. Though. None of this should be, you shouldn't put any perspective on him. This is all on you. Mm-hmm. You've grown so much yes. that your body and your emotions and your heart are telling you what's yes. going on. It's mm-hmm. just you're wrapped up in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you have to detach like part of your brain to say, this isn't right for me. Yep. It's not, it has nothing to do with him. You're it has right. Nothing to do with his situation, nothing to do with anything he needs or wants in life. Mm-hmm. It's all about you and the, the distance you've grown yep. from the day you decided, I'm going to stop bullshitting myself and I'm going to start like paving Over a better a year future ago. for yes. myself. Yes. Yep. 
Yep. That's exactly what it is. Yep. 100%. So the next day, I'm not going to lie, like I was a little banged up, right? <laughs> I remember I walked into my office and my boss goes, what the fuck happened to your face? Wow, that's very polite. <laughs> Good morning and to I you too, like, sir. Look, man, I haven't cried since like 1999, all right? <laughs> but after work that day, you got me out of the house. You were like, Adrian, we're going on a hike. Like, you're getting out of the house. You're going to feel better. You were like, let's fucking go. And that walk was like, it made miracles for me. That sounds crazy, but it really did. I it, think we almost got to eight miles that day. I was like, I purged the demons. Yeah. And we had such incredible conversation. And it was like I had walked that entire situation off. And we talked about lessons. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Um, and I remember you said, like, you know, Adrian, we're not going to talk about names. Or not even exact situations, but the lessons that we've learned from them, how we've grown from them, and ultimately how they shaped us into the strong individuals that we are today. I think when we first met, Mm -hmm. it's because I listened to your show, and I heard you talk about all these people in your past. Mm -hmm. And I said, stop fucking talking about them. They're still holding real estate in your brain. Mm -hmm. If you give them the space, they're taking the space. Wouldn't you rather have something else in that space? Because your brain's only so big. Mm -hmm. So- Fill your brain up with the lesson that you learned from that situation. Yeah. And then you broke it down, like you simplified it literally down to one sentence. And you said, you know, so we'll go, we can go back and forth. Cause mm-hmm. like, I think it was like every big relationship we've had in our lives, we learned a big lesson from. Mm-hmm. So you go first with yours. Well, you know, this, this started a long time ago for me is that I actually had an ex-girlfriend tell me, you know, you bring up your one ex a lot. Mm-hmm. And I go, I didn't even realize it. She goes, yeah, you compare everything to her. Hmm. I didn't realize it was even just saying her name. Yeah. And so I started to try and figure out, well, how can I get over this? I don't know how I can just stop doing it uh, because I'm not even realizing I'm doing doing it. it. Yeah. So I started thinking about it. Well, what did I learn from it? What did I learn from it? And then I started figuring out, hey, I'm learning from these things. This is good. So I don't even refer to them as names i refer to them as lessons Mm -hmm. i love this yeah so i we while we were walking Mm -hmm. we listed an x and gave them a lesson yep i really want to take a moment to ask to tell my cravers i am giving you some homework do that for yourself especially if you're single um look at your past and pick the people and the relationship you were in and think to yourself what lesson did they teach me right because it has been very valuable so go ahead well, my first lesson was my long term mm-hmm. uh, that I was living with for a while. Really difficult breakup. Didn't really know how I was ever going to get through it. And I did. I right. mean, this is so long ago now. But the lesson is to never lower my standards ever. Never mm-hmm. do it. I mean, you know, I don't live my life where I coast down a river to accomplish my goals. I, I paddle up the river. It's fucking hard. But, you know, I want to keep consistent at achieving my goals and make myself a better person. So this is where I discovered my values. And I don't want to go back down the river after I push so hard to get up the stream. So lowering my standards would put me back down the stream. And now if I plan to paddle up, the boat is heavier because now I got a passenger. It's not going to paddle for me. Right. So most people quit here. There's someone out there that's going to paddle with you Mm -hmm. and help you get up. But if you settle or lower your standards, you're just you're not you're knocking yourself back down. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much harder to get back up. I physically felt that. Yes. Yeah. It's so so that, true. that girlfriend had me. She pretty much gave me the ultimatum. Give up your life and be with me or have your life and lose me. And I gave up everything. 
because I thought I couldn't find a better person than her. Damn. I found like three. Yeah. But, <laughs> so far. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that's, and that's quite a fucking but ultimatum, by the, the way. The thing is, I, I never even knew what my standards were back then. I didn't know what I Me could either. achieve back then. Me either. I didn't yep. have like long-term plans or anything. I was just kind of drifting in life. Mm-hmm. And when she said drop everything, it wasn't that hard for me because I didn't really know what I was living for. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I needed to live for something. I needed to go out and I needed to achieve. I needed to challenge myself. I needed to do better in life. And <clears throat> staying with her would have never happened. Right. I could have never achieved what I've achieved. So I'll never. now that I realize that, the lesson is that I'm never going to settle or lower my standards. Yeah. Completely agree. My lessons are going to be a little shorter than yours. (laughs) 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 My first lesson is when someone hands you a bouquet of red flags, turn it down. No, actually, like fucking run. Run as fast as you can away. The biggest lesson I learned, do not ignore red flags. And they're bright. And they're big. And like I said, I was given an entire bouquet of them. uh, And I didn't listen. You know, right. and I learned, I had, I paid a tough, tough fucking price. I lost a lot uh, in my marriage and I'm still suffering today with a lot of it, you know? And uh, yeah. So when you see those red flags, you got to listen to it. Well, I think they're everywhere. And I think everyone has red flags, but some people are willing to be open about it and discuss it and work on it. Right. I mean, not. I'm not saying a perfect situation. I'm yeah. saying like blatant, you know, toxic red flags right, like yeah. and also yeah i mean there's just a lot there's a lot of red flags but anyway so red flags don't ignore them that was a big lesson i learned nice. <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> all right go ahead what's your next one uh never ignore your initial intuition uh yeah ding 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 does it feel right do you feel like you're gonna move forward mm. if those feelings aren't there and your initial you know feeling inside is vacant or not present in the moment, you can't just force it. Mm-mm. You don't want to force it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to react in situations. And if not, you're fucking yourself and it's your fault. In the end, you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. Go back to that Monday night. I mean, that's why I said it's, it, this was on you. You were the one crying. I know. You know, so like if your intentions were to cry, you succeeded. <laughs> no, they were not. I was just fucking pissed. Yeah. And hurt, right? Yeah, like, right. and you know, I usually hold that in, to be honest with you. I usually hold it in. But for once and for all, I had to let, I had to let that go. That situation had been weighing on me for years. Right. And I knew before I even, before I even stepped out of that fucking front door, Uncle Mo, I knew. I knew. My gut, my intuition, everything was screaming. But um, I saw it through. And, and I, I knew, like, it was, it was the final it was the end, the mm-hmm. nail in the coffin, RIP. Like it's, you know what I mean? And so like, I finally was able to like release that. Like I'm never shedding tears over him before. I'm like, you know, moving on, whatever. But like, I really, I held on to the what ifs and mm-hmm. those what ifs are gone. So yeah. anyway, go ahead. They can be heavy. Yeah. What ifs can be heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a book out there that has a chapter about the what ifs. I we, I love this. Talk yeah. about that really quick. You want to talk about it now? You know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll summarize it because I know we have a lot to get to. But this is really something that I want to talk about because I didn't think about what she brought up. I only thought of the what if it works. What if we could have it all? Yeah. What if we could, you know, live this fabulous life together? But I didn't think of what she brought up. There's a book called A Knock at the Door. 
and it's written by three women who have lost loved ones to military mm-hmm. uh, conflict. Uh, it's three sections. The first section uh, is written by Ryan Mannion's sister, so it's a sister perspective. And then the other two chapters are written by wives who've lost their husbands. Mm-hmm. The middle one is the wife of Brendan Looney. There's a bridge named after him in Annapolis, actually, because mm-hmm. uh, he went to the Naval Academy. Okay. She met him in Baltimore at a Green Turtle. They got married. Um, he's a Navy SEAL. He went over in battle and never made it home. So, uh, you know, the knock at the door came to her mm-hmm. where they said, your your husband's he's, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He's not coming home. And here's a flag. And we're sorry. You know? So her, her part in that book is just... It really talks about them meeting, them falling in love, her falling to pieces, and then her healing herself. Yeah. And so the best part of this is a section called When the What Ifs Become What If. Mm. So it starts off with her brain telling her, what if he never went into the military? What if, what if he, you know, worked in IT or, or was a financial guy or something like that? Mm-hmm. He'd still be alive. And then it turned into her head, well, what if I didn't meet him? Mm-hmm. What if I didn't get the opportunity to spend time with him, to laugh with him, to have memories of him? And now she works for a foundation that honors him. Right. So Her whole life has changed because Her whole of life has completely changed around. It completely healed her to the part to where she got married again. Yeah. So she found the power within herself to heal herself and then put herself back out there. It's very powerful. I fucking love this. And when you said that to me, I remember the spot we were at on that walk by the baseball mm-hmm. fields. And I thought to myself... Wow, I never thought of that. I only thought of what if this does work. I never thought what if it doesn't. Yeah, there's right? always two sides to it. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. the lesson. So take yes, the, lesson the lesson from the whole yep. thing. Yeah. Okay. Good shit. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, the next one I got, the lesson I learned, stay true to your core values. Mm-hmm. We talk about those all the time. What I ep- love core values. What episode was that? That was on Four- we were talking about. 14. God, you've been on so many now. Wow, I'm a star. Mm-hmm. Go back and you know, go back and listen to him. You know, when I have rough days, sometimes I go back and I listen to him because it's almost like myself telling myself, "Yeah, hey, dude, this is this is who you're working on being. This is who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Listen to yourself talk, and then and then act on it. Be that person. Yeah. So you know, you're invested in your future. No one else's. Mm-hmm. You invest in your own future first. Mm-hmm. You know, at times you've got to set your life up like a business. That's true. The, the mission statement of a company is always evaluated to, to assure that the business is making decisions based on the business's values and whatever the business's purpose is. So it's like core values. Yes. It's like our own personal mission statement for ourselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. Core values is like a mission statement. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? Didn't we abide we, by them. Right. Didn't we agree on that episode that we would make more core yes. values? Yes. So I got one. Okay. Um, I'll go first. Okay. Fairness. How about that for a value? I love that. Yeah. I mean, treating everyone with common decency is what we all expect. We all deserve it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I view this in two ways, fairness to myself and fairness to others. And I, I learned this recently because I also went out on a date. Mm-hmm. I went on three dates with somebody. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's been a very long time since I've done that. I it's, know. it's been probably close to three years since I've opened myself up and made myself available. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to stay by myself, work on myself, hang out, not get up tied up emotionally with anybody. Mm -hmm. So actually saying yes to a date was a very weird situation for me, but Mm -hmm. I figured it's about time. It's okay. Um, And for some reason, the communication between the two of us stopped. Um, I noticed it was slowing down one day 
and at no point did I ever lose my cool or question anything, but I noticed mm-hmm. it definitely slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just came to a stop altogether. Now, I didn't ask why. Mm. I didn't let me get me down at all. I didn't get upset. And truth be told, I really did like her. Uh, she checked a ton of boxes. Mm. Um, uh, she's everything of what I would appreciate in somebody. And mm. above all, I really liked the way she thought about things, like the way she talked about things, discussed I, things. I'm gonna, I, the, this may be too personal, but I remember you said to me, you were like, Adrian, I like the way I like to hear her think. Yeah. yeah. She makes sense. Mm-hmm. She makes a lot of logical sense when she talks. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who hasn't been around somebody in a while like that, it was refreshing. Yeah. Um, and it really gave me hope that, you know, wow, I can get yeah. out there and do this again. This is, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be extremely unfair if I just barged into her life and pressuring to go out with me again if she's not communicating with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with her. You know, if I came up to conclusions like, you know, oh, she's going through random stuff or she's dealing with somebody or whatever, then I'm making up conclusions in my head that might not be true. Right. That's not fair to her. Fair, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her business, not mine. But also, it would be unfair to torture myself by wondering why it didn't work out. What could I have done better? I got to be fair to myself. Yeah. I was honest. I didn't hold anything back. I didn't lie. I didn't play any games. It just didn't work out. Yeah. That's the conclusion. I'm so proud of you. Like, looking at you right now, like, for real, that's fucking, that's growth. And that's a lot of confidence and security within yourself. You should be really fucking proud of yourself. Well, I, I worked really hard. Yeah. I worked hard to overcome resentment, failure. Mm-hmm insecurities, doubt in myself. Um, I've quite frankly, am proud of that. And, uh, you should be, I don't want to date somebody who's on the fence with me. I yep. want to, I want somebody who's going to fucking kick the fence over. Cannot agree more. Yep. That's Fuck my kind yeah. of person. Same. And you know what? Maybe she is that kind of person. I don't know. I can't come to conclusions. If she reaches out to me one more time again and you know, we're in yeah. the right, we're the right place. It's the right time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Right now, it just doesn't exist, and I'm all right with it. It's just so fucking mature. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that's it, the world lacks a lot of that. Well, you know, I was telling a friend of mine the other day because he was asking me, and I told him nothing's going on. He's mm-hmm. like, wow, that's crazy. It seems like you two are going to work out. And I'm like, you got you to gotta understand something. You know, in when you're in your 40s, you're shopping in the scratch and dent aisle. <laughs> like, everybody. Am I a dented can? Yeah, every. Yeah, Fuck! You are. <laughs> Everybody's got something going on. Yeah, it's true. Everybody's got something in their past. Yep, you're Everybody's right. Everybody's got something that's holding them back. Mm-hmm. Everyone is. We all do. And I think it's rare that people invest in themselves and do the things that we do. That's why I think we're so connected as like, I mean, I consider you one of my very best friends in the world. And it's because we have that connection because uh, it's rare. Like I see so many broken people mm-hmm. and it's like, fuck, like heal yourself, you know, right. like. Right. Um, people don't want to do it, though, because it takes hard work. Right. But that's why it's good. Yes. If yep. it was easy. It, yep. You're right. Yeah. you got to put in the hard work. Yes. All right. Here's my next one. God, I'm going to be so much shorter than you. <laughs> <laughs> you're so deep. Mm, deep. Anyway, <laughs> I can't even talk about that right now. I haven't had sex in 14 days. Oh, my God. 16 hours, 32 minutes, and 29 seconds. Who's counting? Not me. But I'm just putting no, it out no, there. No, you are counting. You just quoted it down to the second. Anyway, (laughs) you're going to see me cry again. Anyway, okay, so my next one is you cannot – my next lesson, you cannot compete against hardcore addiction. 
And that comes in many shapes and forms, drug addictions, uh, alcoholism, fucking gang. I don't know. There's so many different addictions, but you cannot compete against that. You also cannot help someone that doesn't want to help themselves as painful as it can be. Big lesson I learned moving on. See how fast I am? Yeah, we both Look were at in split. a relationship of addiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need help. It's tough. It's, and it's tough because they're good fucking people. Yeah. They need I help. I know. Yeah, but you can't help them if they don't want to help you're themselves. You're not the one to help them either. Yep, you're mm-hmm. you're not licensed to right. be right. A, a, an addiction specialist. Mm-hmm. So why try? Nope. I mean, if you can help that person get help, that's great. Yeah, but you 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 can't be the reason that the person gets the help either. They have to do it yeah, and want it for themselves. It. Yes. Okay. First step. Trust me, I know because my my ass. I'm the one in fucking Al-Anon. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Your next one. If someone is constantly shutting you down, then you're not meant to be there. Mm. Yeah. That was a good one for me. Yeah. I think I never realized that until that day we were walking. Mm. Yeah. So it, it was strange and it happened to me and I, I didn't handle it well when it happened. Yeah. Um, I like helping people. It's what I really like to do. So when someone shuts down on me, I get confused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the weekend it happened the first time. Uh, she was shutting you down? Yeah, yeah. We, I would spend weekends at her house, and uh, just on like a Sunday, she just completely was blank, didn't talk much, and was just she was just there, but it didn't even feel like she was alive. Mm. And I said something, you know, I said, "Are you okay? Is something yeah. bothering you? Is there anything I can do?" Because I went into offer mode and yeah. I went into fix mode, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize that something's going on internally inside of her head mm-hmm. that I can't fix. She said, "No." stay because i even off i said i can go home yeah i said no stay and i'm like all right well i guess i'll stay and then round two happened and she did it again and i kind of just hung up on myself that day still at her house um the third time it happened i went home yeah and i already had my mind made up where we're going someone shut you out you're not supposed to be there yeah i'm not supposed to be there mm-hmm. and, and i mean i've proven to myself to be a decent person mm-hmm. uh who some so i can communicate mm-hmm. i can talk to somebody about something that's going on um I can stay private about it if they don't want it getting out there. Um, and the thing that was bothering her was something I went through too, uh, which was losing a parent. Mm-hmm. So we made we actually talked to each other. This is a great part of our relationship that we would understand that about each other. Right. Um, but when she continued to do it, I, I went home. I didn't call. I didn't yeah. text. I didn't do anything. I got a lot of stuff done that weekend. <laughs> You're not responsible for what she's going through. Right. She never went to therapy. You know, mm-hmm. she never learned how to handle. The, the down parts of her emotion, mm-hmm. um, which it's a roller coaster ride. Right. You know, you're going to have ups and downs. But she never learned how to handle the down part. So I told her, I said, you, you should probably work on this. Yeah. Uh, because this is it for us. I can't. It's not yep. fair to me. It's the fairness thing, right? Right. It's not fair to me mm-hmm. to come up there every weekend. And then all of a sudden you have these moments where you're just, you're like a zombie. You're Mm-mm. just, you're not even in the moment anymore. What, why do I want to hang out with that? Right. now. Okay, ready for my third one? I think so. (laughs) Okay, when a relationship's foundation is built on chaos and passion, that's always how it's going to operate. And I just learned that lesson Mm -hmm. a fucking week ago. (laughs) I'm looking at my watch. Yeah. And yeah, I knew better. I knew. But, you know, it's that what if factor and it's that elusive, passionate limerence fucking connection that you have with someone that you think, you know, damn, it's rare to find that. But 
it's not worth uh, anything less than what I deserve. And yeah, yeah. I know you're looking at me like, bitch, I fucking don't. Look, I, I know you don't take joy and pleasure in that, but I know I just I had to see it through, though. I had to. I'm actually proud of myself for seeing it through because it took a lot of strength to do that. And I'm proud of myself for being like, no, this isn't fucking working for me. It was really hard to do that because um, right. I really did care about him like right. that. That was real for me. But like it was, it's not a fucking game. And like one of the things I said at the beginning of the show is like, this is my life. This is my fucking life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and. Yeah. So, but I, hey, I learned the fucking lesson and I will recognize that the next time if things feel chaotic and, you know, it's like that fast and furious, that motherfucking shit's going to crash and burn. <laughs> right. That's, that's the addiction. Yes, the, it is. The, the, the attraction to the whole situation yes. is the chaos. Yep. Um, so everything's going to be chaotic. Yep. I believe we talked about you going back out with him before you actually gone before you we actually did. went out we, with them. We, we spend a lot of time together, me and you. Yeah. We go on a lot of hikes. We work out together a lot. We spend a lot of time. I va- By the way, I value those conversations yeah, more than you'll absolutely. ever know. Um, and I, I, at one point in time, I don't. I think you were getting upset with me because I was telling you, this, this is chaotic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you're going to work with this. Yeah. Um, and basically because of all the work you've been doing with yourself, mm-hmm. um, that it's not going to feel right for you. I know. And you were defending it and defending it and defending it. And that's when I said, all right, I'm okay. And then you said he's going to come out and meet us one night. Mm -hmm. And you were so terrified that I would say something to him to upset him or offend him or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm worried about you. I'm not worried about anyone else. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Looking back, it's like, ugh, I know. Yeah, I mean, whatever. He could be a great guy in the world. It has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. I I have no ties to him. Trust me. I knew... That's why I was so defensive. That's why I was not comfortable. That's why I was nervous and anxious and fucking chaotic about it. Trust me, I know. That's why that fucking day when you said to me, when I text you and said, I don't think I could do this tonight when I was supposed to meet him. And you said, go look in the mirror. I flipped my fucking mirror up. I looked at myself in the eyes and I shut it as fast as I could. I couldn't even look at myself. Yeah. Because I knew Right. Because of how many times have you been going over to mirror and looking at yourself? Exactly. You probably didn't recognize yourself. Right. So I was like, fuck. I mean, I knew. I knew. Yeah. Yeah. But I had to see it through, you know, and Katina is very involved in this situation. She knows a lot about it. And um, she said to me, she was like, Adrian, you had to see it through. I had to. I had to. I would have what if to myself forever if I didn't. But that's, and I'm proud of myself. But that's, I, that's why we're sitting in this room right now. Right. Because we're talking about the lesson. Yeah, the and fucking lesson. That was the lesson. That was. I learned a big one, trust me. And that's why I'm here sharing this. Because if, like I said, you weren't here for the intro. If there's one person I can help, because, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the support and love that I have from all of my cravers. And many people, you know, I shared that video of me and I put like RIP Mr. July, like in my story. Mm-hmm. And people were like, I felt that. Like, I fucking felt that shit. And I shared how I was struggling. Like, I looked like shit the next day. I looked like Mike Tyson clocked me and then tattooed my fucking eyeball. Like, I was fucked up, okay? And people were like, you know, I'm so, you know, your strength. And a lot of my listeners, I read you many texts. Oh, my God, the DMs that day. I had, like, oh, my God, 200 DMs easily. And so many were like, I wish I had your strength. I wish I could, I wish I would have done that sooner. I would, you know what I mean? So it's making an impact. So that's why I'm here. So anyway. <laughs> I would like to quote Zach. Okay. 
says you always jump in with two feet. I know. Is that that a lesson? I'm trying to learn that lesson. Yeah. I feel like I need to get a spanking. (laughs) See? Two feet. Two feet and one ass. I know, I know. Okay. No, but it, I mean, it's this. This is the lesson from it. I, all. It is. It is, is the fucking you, lesson. You knew what the end result was going to be. I know. You knew it. I know. And then you still jumped in with two feet. I know. And you got hurt. Mm-hmm. But the long, the, the, I, he, he, I'll defend him. He did not hurt you. You hurt yourself. I, I can, I cannot agree more. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, he did not set me back. He was simply a reminder. What I thought I wanted, what I thought was it all, right, in fucking quotes, it's no longer there. I have grown and changed so much. Him coming back to my into my life was just a test. And now I have the proof that I'm a brand new bitch. You know what I mean? Like, right. I've completely changed. Yeah. That was, I mean, you know, I passed the fucking test. Growth hurts, right? Growth <laughs> yeah. hurts. Yeah. But what comes out of growth? Right. You know, what comes out of pain? Mm-hmm. You know, pain makes everything better in the long term. No pressure, no diamonds. Wow. Never mm-hmm. heard that one before. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's you got to go through some bad to know what good looks like. Yeah, it's true. What good feels like, what good tastes like, what good smells like. You got You just got to get involved in it mm-hmm. all. And if it hurts you, that's good. I, yeah. As bad as it was to see you cry, two things happened. One thing was, when am I going to tell her I told you so? <laughs> I'm glad you saved it for today. But the other thing <laughs> is that I know you don't cry. Yeah. I know you don't show emotion once much. So it, it was, it was time. Yeah. And it, no, it was, I had to get it, was, it out. And it was time for me to realize you're actually a human being. I know. Like I actually you, have a yeah, heart. You actually have a heart. Yeah. Tin man. Toot toot. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. No. And like I said, he didn't like, honestly, okay. 48 hours. I was down. I was. Right. But that walk after we had that, that hike, I, I literally like walked it off. I fucking walked him out of my life and it feels really good. I'm not down. He didn't set me back. I'm still the same Adrian that I was, you know, shit. It was like, what, two, three weeks? Fuck off. Like I've worked way too hard and like it was a little blip in my radar. Right. And I've learned the lesson that I am stronger than I ever imagined. And I'm really excited for what's next. So. No more tears. Like fucking Ozzy Osbourne, bitch. You need to go park your car in my yard. We haven't That's talked right. about that. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Do you have any more lessons? Because those are my only yeah, lessons. Yeah, I got one. All right. Give me another lesson. After all this, okay. the dust has settled, mm-hmm. right? You took the day off of work, I think. A half day because my boss is like, bitch, you look fucked up. <laughs> okay. So you were texting me like, I feel so bad. I just want to go to bed. I want to hide, blah, blah, blah. And I go, no, you get, get up. Mm-hmm. It's time to fight back. Um, I felt like physically ill. Remember I said to you, I said, I might have to stop and throw yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. We went over eight miles. Yeah. Over eight mm-hmm. miles. Did you realize how far we went? No. Okay. You I know was... why? Here's the lesson. You got to remember who the fuck you are. Yes. I know. You got to remember who the fuck you were before you got into this shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. You worked so hard at it. That's who you are. Trust me. You're I not know. the person fucking crying on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's not you. Yeah. That's a part of you. That's making you try to realize who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. So realize who the that. fuck you are. That's the lesson. Yes. You know, I say this to myself every now and then. My level of good is better than most people's great. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm not smarter than anyone. I'm not better than a lot of people. I just work really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I'll outwork anybody. I'll outwork people half my age. I don't give a shit. Because um, I'm not lucky. I'm not smart. 
But knowing this, I've, I've got good work ethic. Because mm-hmm. I remember who the fuck I am. Yeah. And I'm not going to let myself down. Trust me, if there's one thing that I have embraced in the last fucking week or two, it's that I know who the fuck I am. And I'm moving forward with her and never looking back. Good. So. Listen, this was a hot topic with my cravers. I posted that video of me coming into the house saying, you know, RIP, Mr. July. And there are so many people who felt that, who are maybe stuck living in that gray area of unsure. So let's get into like, I have a ton of questions for my cravers. Let's get right into those. All right. So the first one is, I'm in a situation where I think I'm the side piece. Why can't they be truthful? Why lie? I'll go first. <laughs> you go for, okay, good. There's a million reasons why people fucking lie to you. And I think a big one is that people are very selfish. Um, they want you in their life for a reason, feed their ego, whatever. What I will say is that if you are the side piece, like, God, that's my like number one driving factor for not tolerating the bullshit is that like, I do not exist on this earth to be your fucking toy or your ego booster, right? Like, and I said it before, like, I'm not a fucking bench warmer. I'm the MVP. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, if I feel like I'm the side, like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm the main fucking turkey. I am not the fucking mashed potatoes, you know? So if you think you're the side piece, you probably are. And tell them to go fuck off. Right. Know your worth. Remember who the Remember fuck the you fuck are. Remember the fuck you are. But <clears throat> yep. I'd go a different approach. If a person was sitting in here right now, I would mm-hmm. say, tell me why you think you're the fucking side piece. Yeah. Do you have evidence? Do you have proof? Are you cheating on them? Or their intuition Are they your side them? piece? Right. You know, or do you just need some confidence? Yeah. What makes you think this? Something inside of your head is making you think this is the reason. Mm-hmm. If you have proof or evidence, get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Don't be a, don't settle to be a side piece. Cannot agree more. Ugh, that makes me like cringe. Makes me want to like throw up my mouth. <laughs> And I don't have a gag reflex. Sorry. Okay, moving on. (laughs) All right, next question. I am married and afraid I've fallen out of love. He is a great father, but a shitty husband. I don't know what I should do. Wow. If there's anybody you can reach out and talk to, it would be the woman who has this podcast. (laughs) Listen, I I think the key, man, I, I, I don't envy that spot that she's in. I think she needs to communicate with her partner. One thing I learned while I went on this date with somebody is that they're divorced. Mm-hmm. And then I have friends who are divorced. I've never been married, so I don't know what it's like. You've been divorced. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like. Communication is huge. Mm-hmm. If you cannot communicate with a person, then you cannot exist with a person. I agree. And a lot of times when I talk about this stuff with other people to try and figure out what's going on, is that they cannot talk to each other about it. Yep. They refuse to go to therapy. That's... That's the sign that it's over. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think you should communicate and like for real, for real, like lay it all out there. Um, and if, you know, concessions aren't made and I'm not saying everyone's perfect and, you know, but if there's no, there's no willingness to change or compromise even a little bit, cause people can't change completely, but even a little, then that's not the place for right. you. If it's small things that they don't like, like, I don't like the fact that you spend X amount of dollars on whatever right. Starbucks or something right. like that. That's something people can work through. Right. If it's like... You never appreciate me. That's a big right. thing. That's a big thing, that's right? That's a big thing. Um, why do you treat me like shit when we're out in public? Right. That's a Ugh. huge thing. Ugh. You know, these are things that... But if you cannot just bring it up and discuss it... You know, okay, a big word I learned recently and how to utilize it is expectations. Mm. 
you have to lay out expectations and everything. If, if you're looking for a result, how do you expect to get the result? What do you expect the result to be? If you're in a relationship, how do you expect this to be a relationship? Mm -hmm. How do you expect to exist in a relationship? If your expectations aren't clear, nobody's going to punch those cards for you. So true. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like to me, she's not getting what she expects out of a husband. Mm -hmm. You know, a great father, fantastic. Right. But maybe the older that they get, the less intimate they are, the less they communicate with each other. If, if they're not willing to work on that and lay out expectations, then there might not be a future. Right. And I will say a lot of people say, a lot of people do stay for the kids, right? I think that is one of the most detrimental things you could do to yourself. I think that, you know, a child, what a therapist once told me, she was like, Adrian, a child only needs one healthy, happy parent. Um, and if you're unhappy, they're not getting that. You know what I mean? And like, it's better to be from a broken home than to be raised in one. I cannot stress that enough. Like, and so, and I get it. I felt the fucking guilt. If I could tell you the guilt I felt thinking to myself, holy shit, I'm uprooting this child's life. But it was the best thing I ever did for me and for her. It's hard to see that down the road though. But and look, this is really hard for me to talk about because- My parents were never divorced. My parents stayed married. Yeah, mine either. Yeah. They worked through I everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I never got married. I never had kids. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to look a kid in the face and go, man, I don't like that child's mother. Like, I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I try to learn from people, though, when, when, you know, I'm talking to people about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think communication is the biggest thing I'm getting out of it. By the way, I want to take a moment to say my daughter fucking adores you. Oh, she And rocks. loves you so much. She and rocks. thank you so much for being in her life. Yeah, absolutely. It means so. I I just, I had to say that. Okay, next question. I am super insecure and that is not my partner's fault. Help. Well. <laughs> Uncle Mo. <laughs> if, if you're insecure, the part of the statement you just stated that you need to underline, circle, and put an exclamation point is you. Mm-hmm. You are making yourself insecure mm-hmm. for whatever reason. If you're overweight, you're overweight. If you're overweight but you think you're a badass, you're a badass. It's just your perspective on how you look at things. Cannot agree more. Believe me, things I worked on when I was in that, 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 I would have. Insecure spot. Right. Yeah, I yeah. would have sent a message to your show and said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Get the fuck out there, sweat, exercise. The better you look, the better you feel. I agree and, with that. And the better your body works, the better your brain works. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wake up hungover every single day, you're not even going to want to get out of bed. Right. You're going to feel insecure about your job. You're going to think everybody's looking at you mm-hmm. for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's because you're hungover. So go to bed early. Stop drinking till 2 in the morning. Um, if you think you're overweight and you can't fit in a seat right and it's making you insecure... Get your ass in the gym. Mm-hmm. I pay 20 bucks a month to go to my gym. It's possible. And you know me. I don't even go to my gym every day. Mm-hmm. I, I exercise in some form or fashion, um, but I eat every day. So I try to eat as healthy as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that helps too. Read. Get out there and read books. Yes. The books are there. Um, this Listen, this shit ain't fucking coming to you. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, too, try something new. Like, what are you yeah. scared of? Put yourself out there. Be in – like, people love to live in that comfort zone. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I feel out. like when I'm yeah. uncomfortable, that's where I thrive, to right. be honest with you. That's where I grow um, and change the most. Toastmasters. You ever heard of it? Mm-mm. Public speaking. Mm. It's all based on public speaking. Mm. Look it up. If you have insecurities of how you are around crowds, 
join Toastmasters because they'll put you in front of people to where mm. you're speaking in front of people and give you hints on how to do it better. Yeah. It'll boost your confidence. Uh, every city has meetup groups. I, I know, think reading is huge too. And also OQP, yeah, who you surround yourself, right, who you surround right. yourself with. Complainers. Yep. Be careful who you surround yourself do with. Do this for one month. Whoever this is, do this for one month. Okay. I'm sorry. Do it for a week. <laughs> one month is probably a bigger thing to, to, to do. Give yourself a food challenge. Give yourself a workout challenge. And do not state one fucking complaint for one week. Wow. No, it's cold outside. No, oh, I hate traffic. No, nothing to complain about. Mm. Don't eat any fucking processed food and do something like I'm going to walk 50 miles in a week or maybe it's 10 miles in a week, whatever mm. it is. Complete those three things and tell me, send her a message and tell me how you feel at the end of that week. I bet you would feel amazing because like that's what boosts your, e- your your confidence. That's what boosts your confidence. You're like creating setting and achieving goals we right. talked about this right yes confident go back and listen to the confidence episode we give a lot of tools right. there yeah and who are you hanging out with yes that's a big thing are these people that bitch all day long about their shitty mm-hmm. lives mm-hmm. okay next one <laughs> we're passionate about our fucking confidence here uh i have an incredible sex drive my wife does not is it cheating if i see an escort for oral sex why do we- <laughs> why why do you have to fucking ask that do we have to answer this question? Yes. I'm I'm being I'm being considerate here. Yes, it is cheating, Bill Clinton. Um and, and illegal in certain areas. Yeah, so right? I mean, yes. Okay. Moving on. Someone says, I no, love no, no, don't move on. Go back. <laughs> Why do you have to search for it in someone else? Well, if she doesn't want to do it. Well, communicate with her. Yeah. Tell her why it's important to you. And if she doesn't budge, then you know what you gotta do. Right. Or realize the situation you're in. Yeah. If you love her that much, if she means that much to you, mm. and she is your rock, your compass, right, get your a flashlight. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> True. Okay, this is a good question. I love when Uncle Mo is on. Do either of you have any books you would suggest reading? I know oh, that you do. Jesus I will let you Christ. take this. Got a fucking library. <laughs> all right, go ahead. What books? It's just we won't list all of them. We'll yeah, just give me her all day. Um, a good one. Uh, a good one's by Shannon Lee. Bruce Lee's daughter, mm. and it's called Be Water, My Friend. And it's about the the way Bruce Lee looked at life. Bruce Lee looked at life as a fluent adventure like water. Mm. So water is the form of anything, right? But it's the weakest and the strongest object. If you take water and you put it in a cup, it becomes the form of the cup. If you pour it out of the cup, it becomes the form of the floor. Mm. So... His theories on how he took his life and transformed it into something a lot more powerful, he related it to water. Mm. It's it's amazing. Um, I'll have to read that. Yeah, it's so good. And okay. it's it's wild that it's coming from his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting facts about Bruce Lee. They're all in this book. Wow. What's all? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the last one I read, the last book I read is called Identity Shift by Anthony Trucks. I think I tag you in some of his stuff. You know, I love this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to be a linebacker in the NFL um, and sustained a shoulder injury. Uh, He could only get one contract in the NFL if they put insurance on his arm or something wacky. And his agent was like, this is all I can do for you. This is all you're going to get because you're injured now. He already had a wife and two kids. He didn't know what to do. So he started a gym. Mm -hmm. um, And his gym went bankrupt. And he found himself failing in business. 
uh, failing in marriage, mm. failing as a father. Um, he was just going down the wrong path with everything. And he didn't start off great either. He was adopted. He was pushed through like a thousand different... Um, Damn. Yeah, a thousand different adoption homes until somebody like became his parent. Right. Um, and then that person died on him. So like, yeah, he suffered through a lot of stuff, but what he realized is that he never created his identity. And that's a lot of what he talks about in his book is that you have to make a shift in life to realize what your identity is. Mm. And now he's, he got back together with his wife. Wow. I got to read this one too. Fuck. It's an amazing story where he's like, he, he was a dirtbag to his wife and, Mm. and they weren't fair to each other. She was cheating on him too. Mm. Um, and they worked through it. They got back together. And now he's a public speaker. He go, he tours all over the place. I, I remember so, one time recently I was talking to somebody about him. And they're like, oh, I saw him. I no went to shit. like a place where I saw him. That's amazing. Yeah, follow his I Instagram. I love stories it's like great. that. He's got a podcast. It's called All Shift. It's fantastic. <laughs> he Yeah, I love the, the title. But he talks about all these people that are venturing through life and, and creating the best um, opportunities they can through shifting their identity. Wow. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, it's really good. sounds like it. All right, next book. Um. The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. I love her. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. She's so awesome. Amazing. Yeah, she did the five, four, three, two, one countdown too. Mm-hmm. Like in theory, if you don't feel like getting out of bed, it only takes five seconds mm-hmm. for you to defeat yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Alarm clock goes off. If you count down from five and you really want to get out of bed, you'll get up before that you hit two. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it only takes five seconds to talk yourself out of somebody. Yep. And Mel Robbins goes with the same thing I do with the fist bumping thing. She high fives mirrors. Mm-hmm. So she's she's the one who talks about being your own cheerleader. Yeah. You I know, love her. Nobody fucking cares about what you. What is it called again? The, the high five habit. The five five habit. Nobody okay. really cares about you. And you have to care about yourself first. Mm-hmm. How can you possibly care about another person if you don't give a shit about yourself? So you got to be your best cheerleader. Love that. So coach people, coach yourself through life mm-hmm. every single day. And I, you know me, I, I'm fist bumping mirrors yep. every day, every day. I'm like, I got me and this baby shit. girl send you in the yep, morning. Her, isn't her shit. little fist so cute? Yep. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> so cute. I'm always like, Uncle Mo, look at her little fist. It's yeah. so cute. But it's good for her to do these things at a young age. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, she's, I agree. she's learning how to be a young girl and yep. how to, you know, boost herself up mm-hmm. and get through things. Like when, when we were kids, you know, things were tough that, we can laugh at now. Yeah. But during the time frame, if somebody's picking on you in school, that that hurts, mm-hmm. you know? And, and who knows what what roads you're going to take from that point on. Mm-hmm. If she starts to develop, you know, a personality where she's building confidence in herself by right. fist bumping in a mirror and somebody's picking on her, Fuck yeah. she'll be able to handle it. If there's one thing I can say, the one thing I'm so proud of, and I'm not perfect, you know, um, I'm not a perfect mother at all, but... She has confidence and she is so strong and I'm so fucking proud of her. I mean, really, I really am. She is, she's gone through a lot in her little life yeah. and, uh, she is a strong, strong gal. I'm so proud. I texted her this morning. I said, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. and at a young age. Yes. It's only going to get better. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keep at it though. Don't, don't slack on this. No. Don't slack on this at all. Mm-hmm. I see your last one. I know. I knew this was going to make the, <laughs> you know, David Goggins mm-hmm. can't hurt me. Fucking love the book. I need to give it back to you, by the way. It's in my fucking car. I think I've read it six times. Excellent book. I think I listened to it on Audible twice. My favorite takeaway from that book is the motherfucking cookie jar. Yeah. And we talked about it when I was stuck in the Bahamas with COVID. Yep. And you were like, this is cookie jar. This is mm-hmm. a big old cookie in your cookie jar. And it's so true. Well, when you 
Kate would be crying that. that night. I said, do you remember when you were like practically kidnapped in oh, the Bahamas? Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. You did right. bring that up. Yeah. Use a cookie jar right now. Yep. You know, like. Mm-hmm. He's um, been through worse, girl. He's been through worse. So in brief, this guy has had a terrible life. Mm-hmm. And what he does in his book is he takes you from point A to point B, from pretty much from being an abused child um, where his dad was beating up the whole family, putting on, beating the kids oh, so bad God. that they couldn't even make it to school the next day. Oh, I know. To fast forward in life, uh, his mother leaves a dad, um, and he decides he wants to try and get into the military because he's working for orkins, spraying for cockroaches. Right. Yeah. And, uh, the military is like, no, you you don't too you fat. Don't, you don't mm-hmm. have what it takes. Mm-hmm. You know, they put him down because he was black too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. There was so many. Right. So, there were so many reasons he, why he had every reason to quit. Yeah. Every motherfucking um, reason to quit. And he just kept working at he it. Did. He kept working at it. Um. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to the part to where, like, I mean, if you look up his military background, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He went through Hell Week three times. I know. It's insane. He's a wildland firefighter right now. Jeez, He's it- a wildland firefighter. <laughs> That's like one of the hardest jobs in the world. He's got a hole in his heart. He has a heart murmur. I have a hole in my heart, too. Fun fact. Wow, I didn't Did you know, know that. that. Yeah. Uh, but then it got to a point to where, you know, he always had the what ne- what's next factor, what's next factor. And he got into ultra marathon running. Yes. He does the Moab 240, I believe it is, 240 miles through the desert uphill. It's he ins- does it. It's, it's incredible. But the lessons no he's learning along it. the way is the best part of the book. Mm-hmm. And if you get anything out of this book, it's at the end of every chapter. At the end of every single chapter, there's a formula. Mm-hmm. He talks about how that... Did, do you remember the part where he talks about the old Chinese lady beating yes. him with the hundred miler? Yep. And he up. He crapped himself. Yes. He In the chair. Blood yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like he he just went into this underprepared. Yeah. And he got his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he talked about it. He's like, the the lesson. The lesson mm-hmm. was I was not prepared. Mm-hmm. It's on me. It's accountability. Um, but he, he makes these examples and how you can use it in your life. Yep. Right. And so the cookie jar is one of his examples. Love the cookie jar. If you think it's bad now, remember when you went through something hard and got through it. Yep. Store that shit somewhere so you can go in there and grab it and pull it out later. I love that. That's, that's definitely my biggest takeaway from that book. Yeah. Great book. Okay. Next question. How do I find the strength to cut it off? This is somebody asking you. Yes. Cut off a relationship. Yes. Right. right. Okay. Like how do I find Make the strength? Sure we're not. And a lot of people said to me, yeah. No. Not a finger or something, <laughs> not an arm. Um, a lot of people said to me when I was posting and sharing on Instagram, they were like, that's incredible strength. You're so strong. How can you know? And even people in real life were like, you know, Adrian, that's, that takes a lot of strength, whatever. Uh, I think you have to find it within yourself. I also always remind myself, what is the alternative? Am I going to stick around for this bullshit? That is worse. The alternative becomes worse. Therefore, I must move on. I have to cut it off. You got to remember who the fuck you are. Yeah. Remember who the fuck you are. That's a simple, yeah. that's a simple answer. So, yeah. Know your worth. My, my question to that person is, how are you looking for the strength? Mm-hmm. Like, are you reading books? Are you listening to podcasts? Right. Are you looking in a mirror and telling yourself you're fucking awesome? Like that. I mean, these are the tools. These are the ways to do mm-hmm. it. But one day you got to go. Fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit. I can do better. Right. I am better. This is not fucking fair to me. Yep. So cut that shit off. Cut that shit it's off. Pretty, it's pretty fucking... And if I can be honest with you, you know how I wrapped up I was. I mean, I felt immediate relief. There was no longer, you know, is he hot or cold? Um, what's the texting going to be like today? You know, when I asked him, I was like, you know, we have plans tomorrow. I was like, hey, do we have plans tomorrow, right? Like, or otherwise I'm going to go to the gym. And he was like, Sure. I was like, the fuck does that mean? Like, you know, overanalyzing and thinking of things like, fuck all that. Like, it should not be like that. 
yeah, cut uh, it off. You know, listen, uh, advice to people is to be assertive. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Be assertive with, with, with what you do. Mm-hmm. Show up early. Stay late. Yeah. Work hard. Everything that you do. It just, yeah, I, I say just know your fucking worth. Remember who the fuck you are and cut that shit off. I would also say if so, if you're sending a message to the show saying you need to cut it off. You Isn't an- that enough? You answered yourself. You answered, yeah. Mm-hmm. Read your words. Right. Yeah. Or go, go stand in front of a mirror and read them to yourself. Exactly. I love that. Go do that. And I'll be honest, you're going to have a hard time looking in that mirror, just like yeah. I did that day hey, on the drive I home. felt completely stuck with my lesson number one. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could not leave. There's a way out. There is. Yep. Okay, this one, this next question. I don't want to seem crazy and bring up feelings. How do I not seem crazy? <laughs> I, 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 I get this. You know, like the, the back and forth, the push and pull of the beginning of a relationship. I don't know. Like you just said, I think you need to be assertive. And say how you feel and fuck them if they don't feel the same way. Right? Everyone's crazy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who I am I to define what everybody crazy Everybody fucking tells me I'm crazy all the time. <laughs> you know what I say? I'm not you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm me. Mm-hmm. If you think I'm fucking crazy, that's just the way you look at me. Agreed. So yeah, I say put it out there. Be assertive. Share who you are. What are you waiting for? Right. If you have feelings for somebody, just tell them. Yeah, I agree. This could go in a great direction. Right. Doesn't mean what you're crazy. What if it does? What if it doesn't? You're going to find yeah. out. You're going to find out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, next one. I like this one because I've felt this before. One day he's hot, the next day he's cold. Should I be worried? This comes back to your fairness thing here. Yeah. um, You know, it was one of my lessons, though, is what was that lesson? It was like if if somebody's shutting you down, Mm -hmm. there's a possibility you're not meant to be there. Yeah. The first thing I would say is how does that make you feel? Like when somebody's cold on you, how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. Do you feel miserable? Do you... Do you feel down? Yeah. Uh, do you feel hurt? Because you shouldn't feel that way. Right. It has nothing to do with you. Or could do everything with you. It's it's to just react to something is like losing control. So mm-hmm. like, what if I, you know, notice that the text message were slowing down? And I go, hey, what the fuck is going on? You, you didn't text me much today. Mm-hmm. Well, then she's like, who the fuck is this psycho? Yeah, that's a reaction. You know? right. right. So the better thing to do would be to put the phone down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this person's going through. Maybe they're busy. Yep. Because when they get the fucking chance, they're going to fucking text you. Yeah. So ask yourself how you're responding to these things. Mm-hmm. And if it's making you feel like shit and you don't want to feel like shit, there's your answer. Right. I agree. Yep. Ugh, I, I, I empathize with that because I understand that very well. <laughs> okay. So next question. Do you wish you never let Mr. July back in? No. I'm glad that I did because it taught me one hell of a lesson that I have learned I put it in my cookie jar and I won't make the same mistake again. So no, it's a lesson that I learned. I don't regret it at all. You know? No regrets. Nope. None. Uh, The next question is, I'm on the fence and not sure what I want. So I do nothing. Help. I get this question all the time, by the way. The fence. What do we, we need to have a name for them. Fence dwellers. You're a fence (laughs) rider. Fence rider. Listen, if you're sitting on the fence and you're not sure what to do, Somebody else is watching you sit on the fence. Mm-hmm. Somebody might not like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, or it might not be fair to that person. Or you're, yeah, I know. I agree. Like that's it's fucked up if you're on the fence leading someone on. And I just I I don't like fence dwellers. I would say make a my fucking suggestion. Decision. Take some time. Take some time to be by yourself and see yes. what see what you're capable of doing. Yeah. See what you're worth. Put organize your goals. 
Figure out something new about yourself. Mm -hmm. Kick some fucking ass in this world. You feel good? You feel like you're ready to get back out there? Pick a side. Get back out there. I love that. You know what? If you're on the fence, take some time out for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Whether you're in a marriage and you're cheating or you're fucking deciding to leave a long-term relationship and go with the unknown, whatever it is, take a time out. I love that idea. There's risk, too. I mean, if you're on on a fence with somebody, they could just say, okay, well, I'm not going to deal with this. Yeah. There's some people that are patient and they're going to say, well, maybe you're going through something. Mm -hmm. If it's a pattern and it's happening, expect to lose that person. Mm -hmm. Um, Or expect them to stay and they might not be your type and you're prolonging a problem. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the fence dwelling is, that's a rough, and by the way, who wants to live like that? I call that also purgatory. Yeah. (laughs) No, thanks. Yeah. No way. Nope. No no way will Mm -mm. I ever be with somebody like that again. Nope. Same. Okay. I'm going to look up this other question because I got a few as you were coming in here. I can only imagine how many you get. I know. It's a lot. (laughs) Um, okay. Finding your worth is so fucking tough. I work so hard and I fail so often. Help. What is the secret? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Listen, thank God you're fucking failing. How are you going to figure out what you're worth? How are you going to figure out how you can accomplish shit if you don't fucking fail at things? It's true. Mm -hmm. Get up. Try it again. Yep. Brush yourself off, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. dudette, whoever the fuck you are. You got to fail. You have to. You got to go through this shit. You got to call up your friend Uncle Mo and say, I'm crying. Right. You got to go for that walk. You got to look in the mirror. You got to mm-hmm. say, dude, I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like my patterns in life. Mm-hmm. The it cycles. all starts with you. Yes. You're figuring out what you're worth yep. because you keep trying it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly fucking right. Here's another question. Everybody's everybody's on the fence. Everybody's stuck. Everybody, okay. The next one is, I feel stuck. How do you know if you're in a long-term relationship that it's done slash over with, even when it's not really in a bad place? Well, I think you answered your own question. I think you so used too. the word done and over. So yeah. you used two words to describe to us mm-hmm. what's going on in your relationship. Yeah. I would, again, Jesus Christ, how many times I got to say this? <laughs> I'm not fucking Bob Marley. Everything is not going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be tough. That is guaranteed. Guaranteed. Life is a motherfucker. It is. So you got to be harder than woodpecker lips. Mm-hmm. Do you want it to work? Right. It's simple, really. If it feels done and over to you, mm-hmm. do you want it to work? Because that is the way you're you're observing this. That's the way you're feeling about it. You can fight your feelings up to a certain point. If you fought your feelings and you realize what's going on, it's just in your fucking head, and it still feels that way, it's done. It's over. over. Mm-hmm. Those are some big words. Oof. It's funny to me how people give themselves away. All the time. If you pay a little bit of attention, you can see it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Everyone does it, though. We're all guilty of it. I know. Yes. I, mean, it, I mean, to a simple fact of saying, I'm trying to lose weight, but man, I really want a cup of ice cream tonight. Mm-hmm. I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to have it. It's a cheat meal. Yeah. How about that? Cheat days, <laughs> cheat meals. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> I just want to live my life. I don't want to diet. I, I remember I was working that. out really hard one time, and somebody's like, you don't take any days off. You got to have a cheat day. And I go, fuck you in your cheat day. <laughs> I sleep. That's my cheat day. Yeah. When I'm sleeping. When you're on a mission, too. Yeah. Gotta be. All right. Man, this episode. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with me through a lot of shit in my life. I really appreciate having you by my side and in my corner. It means a lot. Um, There's not many people behind behind there backing me and wiping my face and holding the bucket, you know? (laughs) But you guys are there, and I really appreciate that. OQP. Yes. It's very true. 
Uh, I feel like this was my most vulnerable episode ever. Um, but I'm really proud of myself. I really am. I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Uh, I don't know what the future holds, but I don't know. It's pretty fucking exciting. You know, we'll see. We'll find out what's next. All right. All right. So I will be back on Tuesday, July 12th for season three. Whoa. Season fucking three. Can you believe that? Nope. I know. And I'm I'm going to really, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss my cravers, but I am truly going to enjoy the next few weeks off. And remember to go follow me over on Instagram at Midlife Craving because I'm always sharing shit over there, going live, posting stories. All right. I want to end with a toast. Here's to the people we've met and the people we've fucked. And to those of us who have had no such luck. (laughs) Here's to beer in the glass and to vodka in a cup. Also poking her in the ass so she won't get knocked up. Wow. (laughs) Here's to you and here's to me. Together as friends, we'll always be. But shall we ever disagree? Fuck you all, because here's to me. Kick today (laughs) in the dick. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.